Reality of Truth podcast. Let's go. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Welcome, friends. Today, we are going to tackle the debate. You've heard so much about it for the last 10 to 15 years. If you're in the health industry space, maybe you've seen it in your social media. Maybe you've seen it in your health magazines or you're at the bookstore because apparently we still have those. Then your friend says you should read this book or someone else you know that says, you know what you need to do? You need to read this book. This is going to change your life. Well, let's debate it. Acid alkaline balance. Yep, we're talking about acid and alkalinity. You've heard so much about how you need to do an alkaline diet. All right, let's discuss it. I'm going to give you a more broad-ranging information episode. Not super physiological or anatomical, in the interest of time. Otherwise, this thing would be five hours. All right, let's go. Different parts of your body are actually acidic, and other parts are alkaline. Your stomach for example, is acidic for a reason. Your acid-alkaline balance changes throughout your day. You want to be acidic in the morning because that gives you energy and power. Then your body changes into an alkaline state at the end of the day. You can't become alkaline by drinking alkaline water. Your body is like a battery. It's acid and alkaline. If you really want alkalinity, just use a little bit of baking soda, which is hundreds of times stronger than alkaline water and way cheaper, or any other alkaline thing you can put in your body. Here's something that might blow your mind if you didn't know, but lemon juice, apple cider vinegar, and coffee. One of the reasons why people like these is because they're acidic. Once you consume them, then they actually turn alkaline in the body. Takes a couple hours, but eventually they become alkaline. Coffee contains fruit acids, and the quantity can be determined by how strong or weak that coffee is, or how it's brewed. Weak or quickly brewed coffee has more caffeine and is more acidic. We always thought, well, the darker it is and it's getting old or whatever, it becomes more caffeinated somehow, and more acidic. Well, that's actually not true. By the way, you do know that coffee is bean juice, right? Would you juice a kidney bean and drink it? I think not. Your body stays around a pH of 7. Your urine is a 6 because it gets rid of the acids. Your immune system is active actually during the day with acid, through energy production. Then when the blood goes to the kidneys, it pulls out the extra acid and dumps it into the bladder. Then when you're sleeping, you're repairing. The nighttime is alkaline because you're not producing all that energy that you need during the day. Sleeping doesn't require a lot of energy, so your alkalinity goes up. Then your kidneys will conserve the acid in order to keep you at the pH of 7. So during the day, you're acidic, and at nighttime, you're alkaline. Why would you want to be alkaline during the day and have low energy? That's not how the body works. If you get out of that rhythm, then you can increase your chronic diseases. 
Your breathing also regulates your acid alkaline environment. Yep, carbon dioxide is extremely acidic. Your body doesn't breathe to actually get oxygen. It breathes to get rid of carbon dioxide to balance the amount of acid and alkalinity in your blood, therefore in the rest of your body. Fun fact for you, when you consume carbonated beverages, you add carbon dioxide to your blood, making it more acidic. You see, everything will determine your acid and your alkalinity. Good test to find out if you're holding a lot of CO2 in your body is do a simple breath test. So follow me, try it yourself right now. Hold your breath, then if you can hold it for only a few seconds or less than a minute, you have high CO2. If you can hold it longer, you have low CO2. So when you breathe shallow and quickly, your body's actually trying to get rid of CO2. When you breathe deeply, regularly throughout your life, your body is trying to hold on to CO2. So when you get stressed out or you exercise or anything, you actually increase your breath rate. When you're resting with no stress, you'll breathe slow because your body wants to hold on to that carbon dioxide, which is acidic. This is all your parasympathetic nervous system activation. Mm. Oh, speak to me. I love talking about the parasympathetic nervous system. Sympathetic will increase your heart rate and breath rate, and your parasympathetic will slow it down. Again, another reason why I talk so much about the autonomic nervous system. It runs everything. It is the key to understanding your physiology. When you burn sugar, you create lactic acid and carbon dioxide. So you become acidic. See, fat burning doesn't make you acidic. So if you want to be alkaline or more alkaline, stop the carbs. One more reason to go low or no carb. When you exercise, you create lactic acid and carbon dioxide, both of which are acidic, just like when you burn sugar. It's why you breathe more and faster and more shallow. It's to blow off that carbon dioxide. Problem is, you leave lactic acid. You know, the acid that takes much longer to metabolize out of the body, creating lactic acidosis. I might have an episode on that, or I may talk about that topic a lot. It's because it's the number one thing that holds your health back. Many people believe that cancer is an acid-alkaline thing. Maybe it is, but I don't believe it is. I believe it's lactic acidosis from eating too much sugar. Societies and cultures around the world do not consume sugar or any carbohydrates to speak of, or small amount and only at certain times of the year, and they don't have cancer. You could say it's other factors, lack of toxins, etc., but the fact is, when people get off sugar and carbohydrates, or going to a low-carbohydrate diet or no-carbohydrate diet, cancer tumors will shrink. That's a whole topic in and of itself for later. If you want to test your pH, you can use pH test strips for your urine or saliva, you have to do it all the time, every day, for at least a week. If you eat a salad a little bit later on, you're going to test a pH differently than if you had chili. If you're fasting, that will change your pH too. If you exercise, that'll change your pH, whether it was done in the morning 
or the midday or the afternoon. Remember, acidic in the morning and most of your day, alkaline in the evening and while you're sleeping. Add that to what meal you had and also the time of day. And if you're a woman, the time of the month. You see, there's too many factors. But if you want to get highly detailed to figure out your acid alkaline balance, then you've got a lot of work ahead of you. I hope you like charts and graphs and Excel spreadsheets. I only recommend that if you are in very ill health. Trust me, it's pain in the butt. So without having to track all of that, if you want to do a basic measurement, you would do one in the morning when you get up and then go pee and one before dinner. Then when you track that, you are showing morning alkaline, evening acid, you're good. If you're opposite or both the same, you've got an issue. By evening, I mean like six o'clock, not 11. As far as the type of water goes that you should consume, you can buy alkaline water if you like the taste of it, but it really doesn't do anything. If you drink carbonated beverages at all, you will change your blood to be acidic because carbon dioxide is acidic. Carbon dioxide passes through your tissues in your stomach and into your bloodstream. So don't get on this alkaline water and alkaline diet thing. It's ridiculous. Then you go and you have a Coke or a LaCroix beverage. You just raised your carbon dioxide. Therefore, your pH goes acidic. When is that a bad time? Well, that would be after dinner or right before bed when you're trying to be alkaline so that you can sleep. If you're going to do those, you're going to want those in the morning. Just realize you just poured carbon dioxide into your body, which then went into your blood. The whole reason that you exhale and breathe. Coffee and also chocolate is acidic for the first two hours. Then it boomerangs into an alkaline substance for the next eight. So yeah, it will energize you for two hours or so, and then it takes away from your energy for the next eight. Remember, acid gives you energy and alkaline makes you sleepy. That is the up and down of using coffee. Here's a biohack for you based on some really deep research. If you acidify yourself before exercise, let's say 10 to 15 minutes with coffee or lemon juice, you know, vinegar, sugar, then after that, once you start working out, you immediately alkalize the body. You will have much better benefits. Example would be a green drink, no sugar, or an algae like spirulina or chlorella, or even just beans like refried beans or a bean soup. Wouldn't recommend that right after starting to work out, but you could do a greens drink. So 15 minutes before, you do coffee or lemon juice or vinegar, and then 10 minutes after you start to work out, then you start consuming either quickly or pretty quickly a green drink or algae or chlorella. This other way I'm going to tell you would be less toxic because green drinks have tons of anti-nutrients in them. Not a big fan. Best would be celery juice. Now, carrot and celery is kind of like the go-to for a lot of people, but carrots have a lot of sugar, and that makes it more, what? Acidic. <laughs> so the whole point is to alkalize the blood after you started to work out. Apparently, that can help your workout. It's not something I recommend just because if you're going to work out in the morning, then you had an acidification of your body like you're supposed to have, and then you just put it into an alkaline state. 
Now, if you're a runner or you do long distance type stuff for, you know, lots of cardio, that's different. You're going to use up pretty much everything in your body pretty quickly. But if you're doing weight training or something like that, then I don't recommend an acid first and then an alkaline substance after you start. If you're working out at the end of the day, let's say after work, well, then you're fine. You could do that method. It will make improvements in your workouts. So what about your sleep? Well, if you're the type that wakes up before your alarm clock or when your alarm goes off, you're ready to go, your body is able to transition out of that alkaline state into the acidic state earlier or right when your alarm goes off. For those that wake up and are groggy for two hours, your transition rate from alkaline to acidic is much slower. The reason why you wake up once you drink coffee is the acid plus the caffeine. Not just the caffeine, it's the acid. The healthier you are, the less you will need that acid and caffeine in the morning in order to wake up. If you're absolutely healthy and you still can't wake up in the morning and you are what's considered a night owl, then your circadian rhythm for acid-alkaline balance is not going to be corrected. For whatever reason, you cannot make that shift earlier in the morning. I would say that even though your body is healthy, there might be other factors. Not exactly sure what those would be, but I'm sure that there are tests that can be done to kind of figure out where you're at. Nutrition, BMI, sleep apnea, blood quality, parasympathetic tests, things like this. Most people that get healthy will go to bed earlier, naturally, and wake up earlier, naturally. Now, when you're old, you can either be early to bed, early to wake up, or late to bed, late to wake up. They seem to split that difference. It's weird, isn't it? Specifically, for people under 60, the healthier you are, the better circadian rhythms of all the systems of the body. Therefore, you're healthier. You just have a nicer life. If you can do it, change it over to start your day earlier and get to bed earlier. What about food? Well, foods, yeah. Foods can have acids in them or feel or taste more acidic. Other foods can be very bitter and seem very alkaline, like cruciferous vegetables or dark leafy greens, things like that. We think that if a food is acidic and we eat it and it causes my reflux to increase, then therefore it's the acid from the food. Wrong. 80% of reflux is caused by the valve on top of your stomach not closing because you don't have enough stomach acid. You see, your stomach acid is what closes that valve. How does that valve get weak? Sugar, alcohol, caffeine are the main ones. Contrary to what everybody thinks, spicy food does not cause reflux in almost all cases. It actually can help. The other 20% can be everything from infections to candida to medications to lifestyle. And for you specifically, countless other things can cause it. One of the ways to figure it out is trying some apple cider vinegar after you eat. So take two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar after you eat and a small amount of water and see what happens. If no reflux, then you have an acid problem. If you have reflux from taking in some acid, then you're one of the 20% who has an underlying cause.
You know, one of the big controversies is eating animal foods like meat, eggs, and dairy, and these kinds of things. Some say that when you digest these, that they create acids. Everyone thinks that acid is the substance that looks like all the acids you've seen in your life, bubbling and destroying the surface of something. That's not true. There are many types of acids. So if you're supposed to be alkaline, then why aren't you eating cement? Or why not eat lye, that stuff they make soap out of? Or even ammonia? That would be because it would kill you. But if you're supposed to do an alkaline diet, then why aren't you consuming those things? Eric, that's ridiculous. No one would ever consume those. Why not? What makes ammonia so bad for you? It's the alkalinity. Why wouldn't you eat lye? Because it would kill you. Why? Because it's alkaline. How about drain cleaner or bleach? Those are highly alkaline. Why not eat those? Do you know what won't kill you? That would be stomach acid, or lemon juice, or vinegars, or even wine. I know all you winos are like, yay! <laughs> On the scale of 0 to 10, though, stomach acid would be the lowest. Low meaning 0. You remember the scale? 0 is acid, 10 is alkaline. So it goes stomach acid, then lemon juice, then vinegar, and wine. They're on the lower side, meaning the left side, the acid side. Seven is neutral. What are the most alkaline? Bleach, cement, lye, drain cleaner. All of those are between seven and ten. It's all common sense, but it's also real chemistry. So much of what you've been told in your life is so wrong, it's not even funny. I believe this garbage too for the longest time, but once you see the truth, the reality of your health, then you can make better decisions. Most people believe that they hear the concept stomach acid and they think that your stomach is full of acid and that's how you digest your food. Not true. Your stomach acid really isn't all that powerful. Yeah, it's acidic, but it's not as acidic as you think. It can't even digest fat. Stomach acid is there to break down proteins. Proteins are not acidic. Once the stomach creates chyme, that's what it's called, once it breaks down your food as much as it possibly can, then when it goes into the small intestine, it meets up with your bile from your liver. Bile is what breaks down the fat. Then the microbiome breaks down some of the fiber, the rest gets pooped out. Carbohydrates or sugar can be assimilated through the stomach partially, but mostly in the small intestine. And most of that is digested by the microbiome and then tells you to eat more. Most of the acid that you make is in the small intestine, not the stomach. So if you take a food that is either acid or alkaline, it passes through the stomach, which is acidic and not even all that powerful, and then goes into the small intestine where it's highly acidic. What is that food doing? Does the alkaline food then negate the acid? Or does the acid make the acid in your small intestine even greater? No, it's not how it works. Now, of course, this is obviously based on someone who's decently healthy in the gut. If you were super unhealthy in the gut, then everything is out of whack and everything will bother you and give you things like IBS and colitis and all kinds of digestive issues. Acid in the large colon is no bueno, I'm telling you. That causes diarrhea and all those problems I just talked about. Your body, outside of your digestive system and inside your digestive system, 
is always creating a balance. Like I said, with things like lemon or lime juice or grapefruit juice, if I asked you if those were acid or alkaline, you would say acidic, but they turn alkaline in the body. So how many things that are acidic turn alkaline in the body? That would be most things. Just because it's acidic doesn't make the body acid. Just because it's alkaline does not make the body alkaline. But Eric, I read a book about how I'm supposed to eat and drink alkaline. I learned that alkaline water is better for you. But Eric, my friends told me. But Eric, my doctor said, okay, fine. Just because people, all of them, or even me, say something doesn't mean you should believe it. Look it up. Try it for yourself. Try new things. Learn your body. Some people say when you go on an alkaline diet, they feel better. I guarantee you that's because they got rid of garbage foods in their diet, and that's why they're feeling better. Garbage foods hurt you. You go on a vegan diet, you feel better because you got rid of the garbage foods. So you went on a carnivore diet, you feel better because you got rid of the garbage foods. Most diets get rid of garbage food. Name me a diet that says you need to live on donuts and pop and sugar cereal and fast food and packaged meals. There is no such thing. And if there was and it was healthy, I'd do it. So Eric, what about all those live blood analysis or photos of blood things like that that show the difference between someone who just went on an alkaline diet and how that blood looks so much better? Okay, let's talk about it. Lots of changes in the body will create changes in the blood rapidly. You can check your cholesterol today, tomorrow, and the next day, and they're all going to be different. You can check any level in your blood. Things are going to be different every single day. The issue with health is what happens over long term. This is why you actually have to eat every single day to feed yourself because your blood in your body changes all the time constantly. Let's say you had a picture of blood and then that person drank a LaCroix beverage and then you tested their blood an hour later. It's going to be different. Why? How long will that last? Not very long. Let's say you did that with alkaline water. Would it change? Possibly. How long would that last? Hardly no time at all. You can drink an acid or an alkaline beverage. Your blood will show it, and then it's going to go back to a homeostasis. There's no real effect on that. Sometimes the body will kind of look one way right now, and then over time it will adjust and it will look different later. For example, if you drink LaCroix, Every day, all day, and your blood looked a certain way after a duration of time. You test that blood again, and you'll find it looks different. Why? That blood stayed one way for a little bit of time in the body. Finally, the body says, I've had enough. Let's change it to what I want. It, it will regulate itself and find a homeostasis. You can drink alcohol and get a buzz right now. No big deal. goes away. It's metabolized out of the body. It's gone. Drink alcohol every single day. The body says, I don't want this anymore. Then it starts trying to deal with all the chemicals produced from the alcohol. So it starts storing them and trying to metabolize them. Then it will start pushing them into the tissues. It will protect itself and start filling the liver with fats so that the alcohol doesn't cause liver cirrhosis. But then also too much fat in the liver causes liver cirrhosis. Your body used it to prolong its life as far as it could. So without the liver function, 
it starts to die. That's cirrhosis. It didn't happen because you got drunk once. It happened because you got drunk all the time. If you eat a bunch of alkaline foods constantly and it changes your blood short term, eventually your body is going to react to that. It doesn't want to be alkaline. The body actually wants to be slightly acidic. But then it will start to protect itself and you'll have ill health from the consequences of trying to be too alkaline. If you did so much acidic stuff in your life that your body had to adjust to that, then it would have its repercussions. It works both ways. So how do we deal with this, Eric? First way is to make sure you're drinking clean water. Every other beverage has a result in the body. Water has the least effect on acid alkaline. It's a balancer. Your body uses water to create a homeostasis. Too much water in the body, you'll pee a lot. Too little, you'll get thirsty and dry skin and acid reflux and all kinds of other things. Your body wants that homeostasis of about 70% water. So water should be your first and foremost beverage and the modality you use to create general overall everyday health for the rest of your life. I can't stress that enough. Any other beverage you put in your body is medicinal to create either an acid or alkaline short-term situation. Does that make sense? Use beverages just like you would medicines. You can create an outcome. I'm not saying that drinking LaCroix is good or bad. I personally believe carbonated beverages are bad. Second thing you can do is chew your food. So simple, right? Yes, Eric, I chew my food. Oh, you do, do you? Somehow people just chew a little and swallow it almost whole. You should chew it quite a bit. They say 30 times. Well, I think that's a little much depending on the food. Not really gonna chew applesauce, am I? You get the point. You need to chew more. Chewing starts your digestive process. You get more digestion from the saliva in your mouth than you do in your stomach. Third, lower the amount of caffeine you consume. Why? Because it relaxes the sphincter of the stomach. Yes, I said sphincter. Allowing contents to splash up into your esophagus. If you have to have caffeine, then find sources that don't cause you to feel acidic stomach. If you consume coffee, then try cold brew. It's got lower amounts of acid. Fourth, don't eat so much food. Once you feel like you need to burp, then stop eating. You're done. That's your body's way to say, all right, I've got food in there. I got a little bit of air left. Kind of gets it to the top. It's starting to move a little bit. The stomach lining's moving. And then you go, oh, I got a burp. That's the best sign to quit eating. If you feel like you should stop because you feel full, then stop. Don't push it. Don't go for extra helpings. Don't do that extra piece of pizza. <laughs> Call it quits. Move on. Fifth, make sure you have minerals in your diet or take supplements if you, you know, don't get a good diet. These are keys. You see, minerals are keys. They maintain all the processes of your body systems. They will help regulate acid and alkaline balance. Potassium alkalizes at the cellular level and sodium actually alkalizes at the blood level. So sodium and potassium are one of the main two components, like a brotherhood, that actually keep you healthy. There are others, but these two are so important that without it, 
boy, you can get into a world of hurt. We will have a sodium-potassium episode coming up. Sixth, consume enough salt. Salt is not only responsible for hydration, but also making bile. Yep, in order to make bile, you need salt and cholesterol. Your body loves good quality salt, not that Morton table salt garbage or any other white salts. You got to choose the gray stuff, like Celtic salt. It's the best. French gray is similar. They all come from the same area. It has an 80% content of magnesium. No other salt has this. With good salt comes good trace minerals for balance. Seventh, you need good fats. All animal fats are good for you. Then palm oil and coconut oil. Once you consume good fats on a regular basis, it will balance your systems, especially butter. Butter is better. Butter is a miracle. We have an episode coming up on butter. That's how amazing it is. An actual real episode on just one food. Pretty cool. Eighth, you need to learn how to breathe. Eric, I know how to breathe. Really? Most people don't. Once you learn how to breathe, it changes your life. You need to start using your nose and start learning how to breathe more deeply and a lot. Also, you need to learn how to exhale fully. Most people use their chest muscles instead of their diaphragm. You're supposed to be using your diaphragm, your mid muscles, and your upper chest muscles. And then you're supposed to exhale quite a lot. Most people barely inhale and barely exhale. Proper breathing is such a powerful way to balance your acid alkaline. You need to learn all the different methods. Also, when people concentrate, they slow their breathing and they start breathing shallow. That increases the CO2 in your blood. You see, you start to concentrate. You're sitting at your computer. You're driving. Whatever you're doing, guarantee you, you slow your heart rate down. You slow your breathing down. Because you're in a sedentary state and you're concentrating with your brain. CO2 goes up because you're not fully breathing. That's acidic. Ninth, stop consuming sugar and carbs. Your carbs should be well chosen, low glycemic. There's tons of lists that you can see. My favorite is glycemicindex.net. Otherwise, you're going to make acid. Remember lactic acidosis? Yeah, that's the number one reason for ill health. Don't worry so much about this debate. It is so misunderstood and it just confuses people. Your body will adjust if you do these simple techniques, which are good for you every day in your life as it is. We will have a breathing episode coming up and it'll teach you about it and how to utilize it for your health. Super, super powerful tool. I've been using it recently and it's, wow, it is just game changing type stuff. Plus, it has zero downsides, and it's free. Thank you for listening. As always, take care of yourselves. If you want to contact me, my info is in the description box. Feel free to ask a question or suggest a topic, maybe some feedback, whatever. I look at every email and every comment, but please be constructive. I will not tolerate spam or rudeness or lewd comments. This is a place for healing and knowledge, not a negative space. If you want to read the transcript, it will be located on my website for each episode. It is therealityofhealth.com.